Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Health and Wellness Podcast brought to you by Sanford Health. I'm your host, Courtney Collin with Sanford Health News. This series begins new conversations and continues the important ones, all designed to keep you well physically and mentally, featuring our Sanford Health experts. Our topic continues the conversation about the Integrated Health Therapy Program at Sanford Health. And after my recent chat last episode with clinical psychologist Dr. Jeff Leichter, who leads the program, I learned there are nearly 50 therapists embedded into more than 60 primary care clinics across the Sanford network. One of those therapists is Chelsea Christensen. She's at the Sanford South Clinic in Bismarck, North Dakota. Chelsea, thanks so much for being with us. Thank you. So you are embedded into that clinic in Bismarck. Tell us more about your role through this program. So I'm a licensed clinical social worker here in North Dakota, and I am embedded within the Sanford South Clinic um, as an integrated health therapist. And my role here is kind of a multitude of things, um, but the primary role is to be um, a quick access to patients Um, who are needing behavioral health um, support. So um, if a provider is seeing a patient here in the clinic and there is some sort of concern for anxiety, um, depression, pretty much any mental health concern, they can be directly um, referred to me or I can see some of them same day within the clinic, which gives them a quick, um, easy access to a behavioral health provider. I think another important role here as well is for us to just um, kind of help even our providers navigate where or how or what services um, someone might benefit from um, within, within this field of behavioral health. What would you say are the, are the biggest benefits to having somebody like you embedded into a clinic? I think one of the biggest benefits is being able to address somebody, um, somebody's need right um, when they're coming in, expressing that they need concern for that. So behavioral health um, concerns often come with a lot of stigma. So to even get to a clinic um, can be quite difficult for some people, for them just to traditionally be turned around and a referral is being sent out where they're having to wait you know, weeks and weeks and weeks to get in for a substance use or, uh, you know, a behavioral health concern. And so when somebody is here in the clinic, they're kind of, um, you know, like like ripe for that information, right? They're ready for it and they're seeking that help. And so let's just slide somebody right in there and kind of address those needs. Um, one of the other things that I think is important for this role or with this role um, in that is just being able to educate Um, sometimes on some of the simple things like, you know, these are signs and symptoms of anxiety or depression. This is what you're experiencing, kind of normalizing some of those things for people. Um, And then also just being able to provide, uh, you know, a coping strategy that they can take. I, in my personal way of practicing integrated health therapy, I, I always want to try to send somebody home with a coping strategy, something they can kind of you know, sink their teeth into and really take with them that might help, whether that's, um, you know, behavior activation for improving mood or relaxation techniques, breathing techniques, something that they can take that they know, hey, this this might work and we might practice it, you know, really quickly in the clinic. Um, and then I think one of the other nice things too for people is that I hear quite regularly like, oh, I, you know, I'm just so nervous about counseling. I'm so nervous about engaging in that, you know, 
um, strategy. And this might be after visiting with them for 20 minutes, half an hour, sometimes an hour. And I then look at them and say, well, how, how bad was this, right? Like we just talked for an hour and this is a counseling session. So it can really kind of ease some of the concern for um, seeking out that additional service. Is there a specific age range you typically work with? So I'm not quite set up to do the younger, younger kids in my clinic. I do kind of tell my providers I will see everybody at least one time. So whether some, you know, a five or six year old comes in with their parents and I just try to transition them to the right spot for them, I just am not well set up for that here. So I really like to make sure that when I sit down with some of my younger kids that they're able to have a conversation and interact with me at that level. And if I feel that they're um, maybe needing more of that play therapy or more of a comfortable environment than an office with a desk, then I try to just coordinate their care to somebody who can provide that service to best fit their needs. But yeah, I've seen anyone from kids all the way up to, you know, 80, 90 year olds. So we kind of get the whole gamut um, here with an integrated care role. And that also kind of makes it fun because you just kind of see a lot of different needs and different um, for different people in different areas of their life. What are some of the more common concerns you're seeing and hearing about at your clinic? So I think we're seeing a lot of um, concerns with just how do we adjust to this new world that we're in. So, you know, at the start of, of the COVID pandemic around March and and April, it was a lot of, you know, now I'm working from home and, and my school's disrupted and I'm struggling with school and, and kind of those changes in routines and just a lot of fear um, about COVID. So we kind of addressed a lot of those things. And, and now it's kind of like, okay, you know, things are here to stay for a while. And um, how do I adjust to this? So I've talked with teachers being concerned about returning to school and how am I gonna manage all of that? And I've talked with students about how am I am I going to manage at school with all of these changes? I've talked with people about, um, you know, changes in work and I used to have structure and I did really well with that and that my structure really helped my mental health before and now I've lost all of that. So people are really losing a lot of um, the their coping strategies or their coping techniques that they had used previously, like just being able to go to the gym hanging out with friends, you know, taking a little trip, like all of these different things that really helped our mental health, we have been changed for us. So how do we, how do we gather new tools in our tool belt to help our, our mental health? And how do we adjust some of our thinking about, you know, progress within work and, and all of those various um, concepts that have just been kind of tipped upside down and shaken about? <laughs> Yeah, if you could pass along one piece of advice or maybe a coping strategy, how can we ease some of that anxiety that we're feeling? Just an overall great practice for anybody who's feeling anxious is um, maybe trying to engage in some of those relaxation techniques, um, mindfulness type techniques. There's tons of apps out there that you can download that have those. You can find all sorts of relaxation techniques just by doing a quick search online. Um, the way I explain anxiety is it, it, it really is kind of like our fight, flight, or freeze responses that are kicking in. And so 
um, it's really helpful for us uh, when we come upon, you know, a danger if we're hiking and there's a bear in the woods or something like that. But this long-term um, sort of anxiety and stress with that, um, it, we're, we're not meant to manage that for long periods of time. It's meant to be very, very specific and very life-saving. Um, and so we can counter those um, feelings by that relaxation um, and getting our the um, relaxation component to kick in in our in our body. Um, a, another great reminder or a little technique that you can use is just to simply ask yourself, um, what is the best outcome of the situation that I'm anxious about, and what is the most likely? Um, when we're when we're faced with those um, anxiety producing things, we go to that worst outcome, right? Like that's the easiest for us to come to because that's where we go. We, we're trying to save ourselves from this worst outcome. So just simply reminding ourselves that there is a there is a best outcome, and this is what that could be. And there's also a most likely outcome, which probably is not as bad as the worst outcome, right? And that can just kind of quickly ease some of our yeah. our angst about any situation that we're in. And then just trying to meet, um, especially with COVID, like remaining really focused on like, what are the facts that we know? So at the start of the COVID pandemic, there was a lot of, you know, COVID happening in New York and it hadn't really hit here yet, you know, in, in North Dakota at least. And um, so a lot of people were watching national news, right, being really concerned about the COVID um, pandemic out there. But here we didn't have those numbers. And so just reminding people to really focus on on the facts of what's happening around them um, can be very helpful instead of kind of some of those bigger picture um, components. So let's say someone comes in for their wellness exam or routine visit and the appointment starts to shift because there's a realization that this patient needs a little bit more and could really benefit from sitting down to talk to a professional like you. So how do you become someone that these patients rely on? So I think a lot of it has to do with our providers. And I've been at this clinic for um, just about three years, I, I believe. And I, I have gained, you know, I feel a lot of trust with the providers. So a lot of it is how a provider kind of presents me as well. And a lot of times it's not like the counselor, Chelsea is coming in, you know, they might call me the IHT or the integrated health therapist, but a lot of my providers will just simply say like, she's gonna know where we need to get you. And they put a lot of, um, I guess, build that trust just from the introduction. Um, but then when I go in to talk to people, I, I always say that I'm here to just listen to what's going on. We're going to we're going to see what's been happening for you. Like just share your story with me. And then we're going to talk about some tools, the coping strategies, whatever that looks like. And we're going to ask also at the end um, and discuss what are they looking for? Um, my idea of what should happen sometimes as a counselor is not maybe where somebody is at. So if I push for somebody to go you know, directly straight to treatment for substance use, that might not be on their radar. So what does that look like to them? Do you want to start with an AA group? Do you want to, you know, start with a, a licensed addiction counselor at an outpatient level? You know, just really what are you feeling comfortable doing? And I think that helps um, set us up together as a team. And this is what's best um, for, for 
everybody involved and especially for the patient um, to be able to um, guide their own care and, and what they're looking at. Do we have to step in sometimes for safety reasons and that sort of thing? Absolutely. But as best we can, we try to leave that up to the patient and help guide that scenario. Um, the other piece is sometimes patients are not ready to engage with another counselor. Maybe they don't, they're not quite ready to, to get some trauma counseling for a trauma or that sort of thing. Um, so then sometimes what we can do um, as integrated health therapists is kind of bridge them to, to that next level of service. So sure, we can work on some coping strategies for depression or anxiety or the things that you're ready to work on and we can get you to where you need to go at some point in the future. So if somebody is struggling and would really benefit from talking to somebody like you, an integrated health therapist, where would you suggest they begin? I think they could do a couple things. One, just reaching out to their primary care provider to see, especially within Bismarck, we only have a few here, so seeing if they have access to that. Otherwise, um, you know, one of the beauties of integrated health um, therapy within our primary care clinics is sometimes we can even capture that patient um, before they they get in to see their provider. So we have had some patients call in and say, you know, I really need to get in today to talk about my depression or anxiety. And then um, our front desk staff just kind of know, hey, they don't have an opening. They'll talk to the provider or maybe they'll call me and say, hey, can we get this person in to see Chelsea today um, because this is their primary need. So you know, contacting the primary care clinic, seeing if it's available, seeing if they could maybe schedule with that person first or talking with their, their primary first. On the flip side, what if someone might be hesitant to reach out and ask for help? What do you want them to know? So one of the things I, I tell my patients often is um, we, in for whatever reason, have um, created a stigma around mental health and, and really... I try to view mental health and I encourage other people to try to view it as, um, you know, a health congi- condition just like um, any other health condition. We, we can't function without our heart and we also can't function with our, our brains and, and where a lot of the mental health concerns kind of start. And so treating, um, our, treating that just like any other health condition, I often compare it to like diabetes or, you know, our heart health and those types of things. And all of those pieces have to function well in order for us to be well. Um, and so trying to break it down into more more of like a, a medical term or a medical condition versus a mental health, behavioral health concern. How much do you personally enjoy what you do in, in providing this type of care? I love the ver- the variety that I get every day. I really love being able to break down um, you know, the, the mental health symptoms and, and just breaking down the mental, the barriers and stigmas around mental health for people. And just seeing sometimes that light bulb go, you're right. You know, this is something that I need to take. That's very important. Or even just being able to, um, connect people with a counselor that I think might help them. That counselor might not always be me and that's fine. Um, The goal is to try to help people improve. And so sometimes we do need to make that referral out um, and just being able to um, get somebody connected um, with another counselor that's really going to be able to help them um, and being able for them to leave my office feeling more comfortable with 
um, you know, maybe something that's new for them that they haven't really thought about addressing before and um, being able to see that, you know, maybe for, for a time, if, if nothing else, they've been able to get some support um, for something that a lot of us struggle with. Is there anything else that you wanted to add? If, if you are struggling with a mental health concern, a substance use concern, with something like suicidal thoughts or self-harm, don't hesitate to ask for that support. Sometimes it's easy to put off addressing those concerns, feeling like we've gone to every counselor in the area or that it's really hard to get into behavioral health, but um, you never know what's available at your clinics and you never know um, if we're going to find a good fit for you and it can really make a difference for our overall well-being if we can kind of address those mental health and behavioral health concerns as well. So um, don't be afraid to ask. You never know what's what's hidden in our Sanford clinics. Well, I really enjoyed learning more about the Integrated Health Therapy Program and your role in Bismarck. Thank you so much for your time and for all that you do. Thank you. This was another episode of the Health and Wellness Podcast Series by Sanford Health. I'm Courtney Collin. Thanks for being here.